Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about managing trauma. Marisol, as an individual contributor, had been a star. As a reward, her organization gave her the leadership of a small three-person team. They also gave her a coach to help her begin her leadership journey. In our coaching conversations, Marisol had shown herself to be as adept a student about people and leadership as she seemed to be about everything else. One day, she asked, I've mentioned Haley, haven't I? I said yes. Haley was one of her three direct reports. She said, I'm really annoyed with her today about something, but I'm trying to keep the bigger picture in mind. And what's that, I asked. I saw her try to formulate an answer, and then she gave up, saying in exasperation, I don't know what to talk about with her anymore. Because why, I asked. Here's an example. The other morning, I'm getting dressed. It's really early. And this text from her pops up. And it's like a hundred words long, with all these reasons why she might not hit the deadline on something she's supposed to deliver that day. But, she says, I shouldn't worry, because maybe she will hit the deadline. She just wanted me to know. She might not, just in case. Oh, my God. And that's just one example. You should see her emails. I opened one the other day. I couldn't even read it. I just scrolled through it, thinking, what the hell is all this? And I really like her, Tom. I mean, if she has a gripe, I want to hear it, but this is beyond that. I don't know what to say anymore. Do I talk to her about the fact that that text was really, really long? Or that she sent it at like dawn o'clock? Or that it was full of made-up scenarios that, oh, by the way, none of which came true, and she wasn't late delivering, so the whole thing was a waste of time? Wow, I said. I was surprised by the extreme she was describing. Is she good at what she does? Marisol said, I think so. I can't really tell yet. When we reviewed her year's work, I couldn't actually tell how much she had gotten done. You couldn't? I said, surprised again. Why not? Because it's Haley. She's a little confusing. I asked, did you share your thoughts with her about that text? No, I let it go, she said wearily. If you had shared your thoughts, Marisol, what would you have said? Something like, uh, hey, thanks for the text, but next time you could just wait and tell me when you see me. So it would be about setting boundaries, I said, that her text was too early. And too long. But no, it's more about getting her to stop worrying all the time. She worries a lot, I asked. Oh, Gosh, all the time about everything. I asked, have you reflected that back to her? No, she said. If you did, what would it sound like? I asked, get a grip, get real. I mean, that's what I like to say to her. How old is she? I asked, almost 40, I think. Oh, I said, surprised yet again. Oh, so she's not a kid. Well, that's completely different. She asked, different how? I was imagining someone in her 20s. I mean, what you've described is a sort of adolescent mind. Lots of noise in her head and can't separate the signals. Everything's as important as everything else. That way of thinking is kind of adolescent. 
I think it's one reason why a lot of young professionals talk so much. They're learning to separate the signals from the noise, and that's good. They need to learn how to do that. But you tell me Haley is almost 40? Uh, It makes me wonder why she's stuck in adolescent thinking. If you asked her to cut to the bottom line, could she do it? I do ask, said Marisol, and she asks for time. She says she'll get back to me. No, wait, I said. What about something like that text? If you pointed at her text and you said, Hey, Haley, what was the point here? Bottom line this for me. Could she do it? Could she get to her own point? She laughed. Well, it might take her a while, which I guess means she can't. I shifted gears. What were you angry about with her today? Oh, we were in our one-on-one meeting. I told her I had five items on my list to talk about. She told me she had two. So we started with one of hers, and that's the only one we got through. Ugh, everything with her takes so much time. Have you reflected that back to her, I asked? What, did everything take so much time? No. Why not, I asked. It's the truth. Reading her texts takes time. Reading her emails takes time. Could you ask for those to be more concise? Or your one-on-ones, could you ask for those to move more quickly? I suppose I could. But you're reluctant, I said. Why? What's your concern? Well, I don't want to shut her down. Do you mean you're worried about hurting her feelings, I asked? I guess, she said. Is she particularly fragile, I asked. That caught her up. She thought for a second and then said, I am treating her like she's fragile, aren't I? I have a (laughs) sister-in-law. That woman is not nearly as likable as Haley is, but but this whole hard-to-follow, takes-a-lot-of-time stuff, it feels the same, and what's a little creepy is that my sister-in-law is a trauma survivor. I I mean, big time. God, her entire family are survivors, every one of them. And it makes me wonder, maybe Haley's a trauma survivor. Do you have reason to think so, I asked? Well, someone asked me if Haley had told me her story yet. She used air quotes. I don't know what that pretends, but she hasn't. And there was something about a single mom, but I don't know what that was. I said, so she might have trauma in her past. It's crossed my mind, she said. Well, then what if she does, I asked. She laughed. Well, I'll probably be even more cautious about talking about any of this with her. Why, Marisol? Doesn't she deserve development, whether she has trauma in her past or not? Oh, no, of course, of course she does, but it makes me nervous. That is really understandable, Marisol. So can I give you a way you might talk with Haley? Sure, she said. Let's say she sends another text or an email, rambling, you know, lots of words, ideas all jumbled together. Ask her to reduce it to a bullet point. She can print it out. She can use red pens. She can work on it however she wants. But tell her not to bring it back to you until she's boiled it down to one bullet point. Two max. Well, that's a great idea, she said. And I continued, she should do it right away. As soon as you see it, make it a priority. Really? she asked. Really, I answered. And then review it with her. Seriously? Yes. You want to know if her meaning is the same as yours. Oh, my God, Tom. Now this just sounds embarrassing, like she's a first grader. It's not meant to be embarrassing, Marisol. This is skill building. Plus, it should fly by. Five minutes total. 
I mean, if she turns it into 40, um, then that becomes the development issue. She asked, what would that sound like? I took a breath and said slowly, Haley, I had expected this to be a five-minute task. It doesn't merit discussion. It's just a task. Find the one big idea. Part of doing the task well is doing it quickly. See you in five minutes. Bye-bye. Marisol groaned, Oh, my God, she's going to become my full-time job. I gave a shrug. Look, Marisol, we don't know if trauma is an issue or not, but whether it is or isn't, it sounds like Haley has a lot of fear-based behaviors. If so, you may need to show compassion, but you can be rigorous at the same time. To herself, she said, like asking her to bottom line her emails, wouldn't that be great? I said, you're trying to get her to see that all the extra words she's using to explain herself aren't helpful. She probably thinks they are. You need to recalibrate her thinking about that. You don't have to say, hey, you know, I know you got a lot of noise in your head because of your trauma. You know, just address the behavior. This text is too long and it's not helpful. What's the bottom line? Marisol said, she might even start editing herself, huh? One would hope. I continued saying, you know what I bet? I bet she knows this part of herself. All this fear-based behavior, I bet she's seen it somewhere in her life before. You might ask what she knows about it. I'm no therapist, Tom, she said. I don't know diddly-do about trauma. I agree. I'm not suggesting you address her trauma, Marisol. I'm suggesting you get her to see that she has behaviors that might limit her career. And you'd like to help her gain some awareness about them. Or, better yet, gain some mastery over them. She laughed. That's like the definition of what you are doing with me. Develop some mastery, right? But, you know, I can't coach her like you coach me. Maybe not, but one tool of mine you can definitely use is listening. Listen to her history. Listening will make it so much easier to help her. Marisol gave a grunt of horror. Uh, what if she launches into a whole monologue? I'll never shut her up. Be rigorous, Marisol. It's your job to keep the conversation on track and on time. That's your challenge. You're the manager. Then I asked, is she a reader? I think so, she said. You might give her a book called Leadership and Self-Deception. I love that book. It helps people recognize that they have systems and that those systems can be managed. But it's told like a fable. You know, an employee gets mentored by the CEO. It's a hero's journey with a lot of learning in it. It's great. She might like it. She said, it sounds good. Of course, this means I'll have to read it too. See, she is becoming my job. I said, what I really appreciate, Marisol, is that you seem to have compassion for Haley. Listen, she said, I believe trauma is a thing. Like addiction is a thing. Like cancer is a thing. If you've got it, it's going to change your life. So, yeah, I have a lot of sympathy for her. I just didn't know how to address all this, you know, what do you call it, fear-based behavior. But being behavioral, cut to the chase, get to the bottom line, that makes it all a lot less scary. She gave a little laugh. By the way, I can think of several people who could benefit from getting to the point a little faster. Marisol discovered that, yes, Haley did have trauma in her past. 
Marisol developed a style for managing Haley that had both compassion and rigor. That combination helped speed Haley down her own path towards the look and sound of leadership. Okay, there was a lot in that episode. I want to begin by talking about that phrase that I used, fear-based behaviors. A lot of people display fear-based behaviors. I believe those behaviors usually are limiting. So if you're managing someone like that, you have the opportunity to help them stop limiting themselves. Wouldn't that be a gift in someone's life? So what do you need to know? Fear-based behaviors. What does it mean? Well, think about Haley's fear-based behaviors. Just too many words, spoken and written, and muddled thinking. Those were two of Haley's fear-based behaviors. Someone else's behaviors might be different. They might diminish themselves, or they might diminish their work, or they might diminish others. Those are all possible fear-based behaviors. So if you see it, And if you want to help that person grow, I'm suggesting you manage with two ideas in mind, compassion and rigor. And I think the compassion part has to come first. The compassion part comes first. What would compassion first sound like? So let's think about Marisol for a minute. Let's suppose Marisol is going to talk with Haley about that text. Listen to this. What do you think? She says this. Haley, that text you sent me this morning was really long and really early. You don't have to do that. You can wait until you see me at work. And she's done. What do you think? I think there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's direct. I think it's appropriate. But I do not think it begins with compassion. It does not begin with compassion. It begins with rigor, right? Length, time, next time. That's rigor. So what would compassion sound like in a situation like this? Well, first, Marisol has to do a little homework. She has to get to the bottom line of that text. And then, once she knows that, compassion might sound like this. Haley, that text you sent me this morning, it seemed you were really worried about delivering on time. And then she stops talking. That's what I think compassion sounds like. That's a really different place to start, don't you think? Now, what if Haley starts to re-explain everything that was already in the text? I think Marisol should stop her. Marisol could restate her compassion and then insert rigor. See if you can hear it. Compassion and rigor. She would say something like this. Whoa, Haley, I understand. That's exactly what I'm saying. You seemed really worried. But all I need from you is the bottom line. You could text me and say, I have concerns about hitting the deadline. I'll let you know if I'm going to miss. That would be fine. I'd like you to do something like that next time. So could you hear it? Could you hear the compassion and the rigor? But it starts with compassion, right? That's what comes first. So what about rigor? That's just measurement, right? Agreements, feedback. Rigor starts with an agreement about the area of development you're both going to pay attention to. So for Marisol... Talking to Haley, it might sound something like this. We're going to work on bottom-lining your communication. And you can both talk about what that means to you, 
That's maybe a 10-minute conversation, maybe 30. But it's not a big, long deal. And after that, rigor can be light and quick. So on your way out of a meeting, you could say, your material was great today. You were at just the right level or, you know, whatever is the appropriate development area. But boom, rigor, done. Or, or you might say something like this. I've heard you be more concise. I thought you used too many words today. Boom, rigor, done. Now, if the person wants to talk about it, great. It's always good to have a conversation about development, but it doesn't have to be a big discussion every time you show rigor. Just help them understand where they are in relation to the guardrails you have in your head about their performance. Tell them where they are. Now, there's another thing about people with fear-based behaviors. Sometimes they seem fragile. And when a person appears fragile, I think it can take some courage to step up and do this kind of management. It may help you to remember that what you're trying to do is to stop them from being self-limiting. But you do need some courage. Don't let their fragility infect you. Compassion. Rigor. So fragility. Have you noticed, by the way, that I have not used the word trauma yet? Well, here we go. Does fragility mean trauma? Absolutely not. There are plenty of people who appear fragile who aren't trauma survivors. And Lord knows there are plenty of trauma survivors who are not fragile. So what do I want you to know about trauma? Before I talk about trauma, I want to tell you about two things that happened this month. First this month, I had a bit of a laugh at myself. I got several emails in a row from listeners who asked in very circumspect ways, as if they were bothering me, if I would ever consider taking them on as a coaching client. And I laughed because I wondered what had I done to make them write to me so tentatively about something that is one of the joys of my life. I thought... I obviously have not been clear that the things I talk about in these episodes, coaching people, leading offsite events, delivering keynotes, all that stuff is my pleasure. And it's actually what I do for a living. So I promise you are not bothering me when you ask about working together. It's why I'm here. So I would love to hear from you. If you don't know how to get in touch with me, I'll tell you in a minute. The second thing that happened this month was the investment in the future of this podcast from listeners who take a minute to post reviews. I am so grateful to you. This month from Portugal, Diogo Souza PT, from Brazil, Wilton SSA, from New Zealand, Bob 4B, and in Australia, Jamarcus and Mark Govern. Then from the U.S., Jesse Eljo, Kenindi, Mateo Lopez, David Hackler, Tony W. Marino, and H. Colon M.U. Thank you all, really. It means so much to have your support for this podcast from your comments and your ratings. Thank you very much. Now, trauma. I'm not a trauma expert, and yet, I've come across trauma so much in the past couple years. I remember listening to an extended interview with an actress who told her experience with Harvey Weinstein. 
I was moved to tears listening to this woman because she was so raw and she was narrating an incident that had taken place more than 20 years before. Her trauma was powerful. I have had all sorts of trauma around me in the past couple years, not always people that I know well, but people who identify as survivors of some sort of trauma. Their numbers has surprised me. If you're one of those people, I hope you're getting help. You can survive alone. Of course, you, you are a survivor. But I've observed that it's an easier path when you get help. If you are managing a survivor, and if you also happen to be one of those people who thinks that the workplace should be a feeling-free zone, and you know who you are, you know, this is going to be a stretch for you. It's going to be hard. You're going to need to have some compassion. What's happening to the survivor is real. It's not like the dog ate my homework or they're trying to get out of something. Trauma is a real thing, like addiction or like cancer. Respect it. If, on the other hand, you're managing a survivor and you happen to be one of those people who are highly sensitive to others and you might be respecting the survivor situation a little too much and you know who you are, you know, there's a stretch in here for you too, right? Don't flinch. Don't go easy. Don't get involved with the trauma. Stay out of it. This is just management. It's not emotional management and it's not mental health management. It's about managing behaviors and results. That's your job. Good luck. This is not easy stuff. But if these kind of complex topics interest you, you might search the archive of coaching tips using two different filters. One would be management skills. There are a lot of tips in there about managing in situations that have feelings. And the other is personal growth and self-development. I'm guessing one of those two categories will have something that will interest you. If you'd like specific related episodes, five you might listen to are dealing with emotional responses, Intimacy in business, setting boundaries, managing beyond bad behavior, showing teeth, and speaking your truth. Those episodes and the whole archive is available to you on the Essential Communications website. It's EssentialCom.com. It's EssentialCom with two M's.com. When you're poking around, there is a contact button on every page. That comes straight to me. If you want me to send you a PDF or you want to talk about working together, use the contact button. If you want the HTML email version of the coaching tips in your inbox every month, hit the subscribe button. We would really love to put you on the list. It's such a pleasure to be in touch with you. That's it for me. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.